Welcome to the Wealthy Money Property Podcast, your ultimate resource to unlocking your inner property guru and building a property investment portfolio. Now, introducing your host for the show. Hi there, property magicians. How are you this Sunday afternoon? I am flying solo today because my co-host has got a masterclass that she's running in Wealthy Money. You know that Bangile is a money coach. And first Sunday of each month, she runs a masterclass. And I thought I was going to see her on here, but I am going to be running solo. I am particularly enthused by episode 123 because not only am I interviewing a friend, but I'm interviewing my informal mentee as well, Lebohang Ramafogo. She is a good friend for many years now. And she also has adopted a short-term strategy, the Airbnb strategy, as one of her strategies. She is going to be sharing lots of lessons about buying multiple properties without knowing that she is making property investments. She's lost some money, made some money, lost some money, some more, and made some money, some more. And ultimately, she has discovered that you actually don't need a big house to say you have bought a house. You actually don't need a big house to extend yourself with, and you actually don't need a big house um, to make a meaningful property portfolio. She's gonna be sharing a lot about that. She's given us a whole lot about the historical, um, the history of South Africa and the history of financial institutions and how it was positioned against us owning properties and how we were not even given information. But she's also honest about the other side of the coin that even though um, investment language and property investment language would be flighted, she just didn't click. She defied all investment logic. She would just buy and sell, buy and sell. I think she had been at property number eight or nine before something landed in her head that these properties are actually an investment or she can turn them into an investment. All right. So we're going to go through a whole lot of things and lots of laughs because, <laughs> because of the big house. So, um, this is a fun, fun, fun episode for me to do. And I invite you, please, to listen to our bonus episode. I think it is after episode number 122, where we are talking about our property magician's property stock fell. We have just completed deal number five, where we have um, sponsored a developer who needed upfront cash to, to lay down infrastructure for a complex and estate where he is building a few houses. Mziwetu Holdings is a developer that we had done deal number, probably deal number three with them earlier in the year. We have just completed deal number five, signed and sealed on the 30th of June. We are on to the next fundraising for the next deal. So if you are interested in joining us for deal number six, please go and join us at the app called Stockfella. Go to your app store, 
or Play Store if you are on an Android and download the, the Stockfella app, S-T-O-K-F-E-L-L-A, Stockfella app, and start investing. Your first thousand rands is just a joining fee that we use for our administrative purposes. We pay to be on the Stockfella app, we pay banking fees as well, and we pay for any transaction that we do on the Stockfella app. And for those who are outside of Namibia, Lesotho, and South Africa, you are not able to download the Stockfella app. Your countries do not allow the Stockfella app. But don't worry, you can do a direct deposit into our Wealthy Money account and all the FNB details for the account that you need to deposit will be on the show notes of this podcast. And if you don't find any other thing you get lost, please go to our webpage, www.wealthy-money.com forward slash Stockfell, S-T-O-K-B-E-L, wealthy-money.com forward slash Stockfell. All our information is there. Every webinar of every deal we've done so far, this property stock fell. It's a collective fund. We have raised over 4 million rent so far since we launched in August 2021. So without further ado, let's get into this podcast episode number 123 with Lebu Ramafuku. I hope you have as much fun as I have. Hi there, Lebu Ramafuku. Hey, how are you, Muzo? I'm good. I'm good. It's good to be interviewing a friend because this is gonna be <laughs> this is this has got to be fun. It's got yeah. to be fun. And thank you for saying yes, by the way, to the to the podcast. We are doing this on a Sunday afternoon, nice and relaxed when we are not at work. I'm hoping we're going to to, to, to do a very, very good episode here. Lebu, for those who don't know about you and what we call you in our groups, the collector, me, the collector yeah. of people, <laughs> please tell us about yourself a bit. Who are you? What do you do in your day besides being my podcast guest? And how do you identify as a soul? And tell us about your family a little bit. It's, it's it's very interesting for our for our listeners to know when they they get to know the person. Yeah. Yeah. Th- thank you so much for having me. I've really looked forward to this conversation. So I'm Lebukang Ramafoko. I am a feminist. I am a mother to two gorgeous adult children. <laughs> I come from Manziville, and uh, my definition of myself is a girl from Manziville. I know. And that definition <laughs> is very important to me because it really reminds me in the many spaces that I occupy that I may come as one, but I stand on the shoulders of many. And Manziville yeah. has a particularly political and historical re- relevance uh, for me. Yeah. I've worked in the social justice, the NGO space all of my life. A choice that was very easy for me to make as somebody who graduated at university in 1993, just before the yeah. year of our democracy. Our democracy, yeah. And I just felt that I want to do work that will reshape 
what was a very exciting but fragile country. Exciting in a sense that in 1992, Mandela had been released and um, frightening because 1993, leading up to the election, when Chris Honey was killed, we yeah. were really at a knife's edge. Uh, the country was ungovernable and it could have gone either, either way, way, particularly um, with Chris Honey being murdered. Uh, I, yeah. I have such vivid and memories. memories and feelings about how scared I felt as a young person when Chitani was killed. Was killed. What was going to happen in this country? Um, and um, so I stayed in the NGO field uh, for a yeah. very long time. And I was very, very fortunate that every space that I've occupied really allowed me to not only do the work, but I believe live my own life purpose. I, every other job was a way of really learning new skills, but really doing things that I was passionate about. So I started as a radio script writer. Uh, with really? I yes. never knew that. Yes. <laughs> I, worked, uh, um, I, 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 I really worked as a, a, a radio scriptwriter developing short stories to teach grade three learners English because that used to be the year in which um, primary school kids would, the first year that they would transition from mother tongue instruction into learning English. Into learning English. Language. Oh my God. And I left that job um, a year after doing it or a year and a bit and joined um, um, JEP, Joint Enrichment Project. Um, oh. At the beginning of 1995, and I had done a drama minor adversity and I've always loved any work that is creative and uh, okay. the project was uh, JP, an organization that sadly closed but it was uh, a project of the South African Council of Churches okay. and it do you still work in the projects. yeah do you still work in the NGO space right now oh yeah yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I've stayed there yeah. um, mm -hmm. So I went to JP and then I went to Soul City, where I stayed oh, the longest. Where you stayed the longest. Where right. I stayed the longest. And then I had a very short stint in mm -hmm. Cape Town at another NGO, Atlantic Fellows for Health Equity, South Africa, at Ticano. Oh, okay. Ticano, and, yeah. uh, at the moment, I'm the executive director of Oxfam, South Africa. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. But now here is the thing, executive director of Oxfam and somebody is sitting there thinking, so what is she doing on a property podcast? Let's just talk yeah. about that. The very first property that you were buying, um, that you bought, Lebo, was it bought because you knew you were doing a property investment? And how long ago was it? Where, what was your first property? Well, I mean, I mean... Uh... I bought my first property in 1998. Okay. And um, the reason why I bought my first property is that I gave birth to my first daughter in 1992. And mm. um, 
though you were buying a roof. Well, I was buying a roof, but I was also not only buying a roof for myself. I was buying a roof so that my yeah. my family, my parents and siblings can leave the township and go and say, stay in the suburbs. Oh. Uh, so to speak, you know? Okay. So it was, it was more than a house. It was a, an upgrade. It was an upgrade. Of course. Into, <laughs> you know, a better area than what a my better area. offer. At that time, mm, yeah, mm, mm, I, I I I knew very little about uh, property. property. I yeah. remember the first time <coughs> started breaking, and I was the house had a swimming pool, for an example, and right. then the garden service, then the school maintenance, and I was like, yo, ah, uh-uh. I mean, <laughs> I calculated the bond costs, but now there are costs that I really don't appreciate in life, you know. <laughs> Um, and I like uh, that. feeling I like... very overwhelmed, uh, I remember even not having a sense that you could renovate, you could come in, you could change things, you could break walls, you, you know, just the fact yeah. that at that time, particularly yeah. when you buy for your, you know, for your parents and you've yeah. done, you've given them this big gift. Um, you know, and you've had no advice, you know, uh, there's no else you saw buying property. <laughs> uh, when you are stuck and there are things you don't know, you yes. also are not going to ask these people, number one, who hero worship you for yeah. buying the house. For <laughs> I'm not too sure now what must happen. <laughs> oh, there is nobody else to ask. You know, There's no one else to ask. How, how does it even come about that Rura, we had no one to ask about this house? In 1999, who would you ask as a black person? I mean, who would you ask? <laughs> um, other, other black people were buying houses and you all had to be brave and you look like you, you've got it all together, isn't it? Was it your sense? No, I, no, I, 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 no, I did not. I, I think for me in 1999, um, yeah. people who were ba- buying houses, they were not 20, 1998, they were not 27 year olds. Okay. Even the bank, when I went in, they were a little bit not too sure. But that whole process of buying a house mm-hmm. can be very daunting when you it are is. a first time buyer. Yeah. But also back then, <coughs> was not geared for black people. No, you know. Not so, at all. Yeah. So to 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 buy in Krugersdorf, I bought from NBS Natal Building Natal Business Society. Natal Building Society Trust Bank and another folk stuff. Yeah. Natal Do you remember? <laughs> Trust Bank and Falk amalgamated into what we now know as APSA. APSA. Yeah, Mina, my mother bought with the building. with the United Building Society. Why hope a United Building yes. Society, yes. the red one. Building Society was yellow. <laughs> and you you there was no online anything. You had to go into the bank. Did you there know no interest rate? No, there were no bond no. originators. No, there were no bond interest rates. No, Mizo. I Did you negotiate it? No, Mizo. Please don't make jokes. 
Uh, don't make jokes. Don't sound like I'm a 2000 and beyond. I mean, just don't. <laughs> and uh, I, I these young kids uh, start taking us like light. I'm like, yo, I don't know if these ones know what we had to go through for them to inherit this world that is now very easy. Because yeah. Yeah. we did not break glass ceilings. We broke concrete ceilings. Concrete I mean, ceilings. But yeah, not only I mean, that, you... Lebo, I want to ask you about this mortgage. You only knew that the mortgage is going to last 20 years. Okay. There were no options. Yeah, so, there was so, no so, two so, ways. So I can tell you what I knew. I mean, I... Yes. You go, you see the house, you say you want to buy. They tell you how much you must earn. You produce your payslip and they say, yes, you'll qualify. They check your credit. There's no adverse anything because yeah. you haven't been working for a very long time. And then they yeah. basically say, take this paper. I did not even know when I signed an offer to purchase that that document is a contract. So I just knew that you, you, you sit in front of a white person and they ask you questions and you bring a photocopy of your, of your ID and ID. they say, take the papers to the bank. Yeah. And you go into the bank and there is a manier somebody yeah. who is sitting somewhere who comes in it's like yeah. going for the visa. They check if all of your papers are there. Yeah. And then they take your papers. Yeah. And then they tell you that you must come back uh, after a while to come and check if, you know, you've been granted the bond. And then you are oh, yeah. granted the bond. And yeah. when you are granted the bond, just so you are so excited because you are finally going to have a house in the suburbs. And you go home and you call the agent and you say, well, can I go and show my parents the house that I bought them? There is nothing else that happens that is about, I've taken over a 20-year debt. Yeah. Uh, the bank is going to charge me interest. You also don't understand why you must pay this debt over 20 years. You know, because <laughs> the amount is so large, you just think, ah, oh, I guess that's how much I need to be paying for 20 yeah, years. Yeah, that's know, it. You, you just that's don't it. know. The, the transfer or nah? The transfer, let's talk about transfer. Where did the transfer cost come from? <laughs> uh, whether they were in, they may have been included in the bond amount. I have no clue. That's, that's your first purchase. So this is. Yeah, this I have no guys. clue. The yeah. first time now I realized that there are things called interest rates was when interest rates started to go up. And the, the, payment, the monthly payments went up and I was like, why am I now paying more? <laughs> you know, like what happened? Uh, and then it was like, oh, okay, this is what happens when this is, this, yeah. Guys, but, this is yeah, so important. I, this is so important, guys, because when when we tell them, when we tell kids that we didn't know that you could um, negotiate a mortgage, we, yeah. you could negotiate interest rate, you could even go beyond NBS. You were just grateful. 
that NPS considered you worthy to be given a mortgage. You would oh never God. have dared to go and compare the United to the Trust Bank, the false cars. So getting into that space itself is, is just very difficult. It's, it's, it's a foreign space. Right now, banks are seeking young black people because one, yeah. we are in the majority. Yeah. And two, a lot of us have disposable income. Yeah. Three, a lot There's of lots us more. black people, are, are every, a lot of things are first. And yeah. market research in South Africa tells us that we are also brand crazy. So they know they must give us credit. But even today, they are less inclined to give you money for property than yeah. they are for things like vehicles and all of that, you know, yeah. um, mm. because and interest and, and credit cards with large interest rates, because that's what's yeah. going to make them money. Yeah. Uh, especially when you are an investor now, you know, when yeah. you say you demonstrate, like I've been told, which is something we can talk about later. Yeah. No, 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 I'm not going to consider this income. I'm like, I'm earning this money. <laughs> you know, I'm earning this money. And you can see if this money is coming in. You know, uh, no, you know, we think you are overexposed. This is your fed. This is your whatever property. I'm like, yeah, but look at the other money that is coming in. But the point I'm making is the fact that uh, 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 the money industry, so to speak, is set up and skewed in a particular way. In a and particular way to ensnare us. Yeah, to ensnare us. Right now, that people doesn't are make sense. at areas like Hillbrow mm. in mm. Johannesburg. When I was young, Hillbrow mm. was the place to be. I, I mean, know, I remember. Hillbrow, it was a Yeovil. Jewish area. Yeah. Yeovil. When the Jews uh, left those flats and blacks came in and they were all flying to all of these northern suburbs in Johannesburg, uh, the best started red zoning Hillbrow. Yeah. And not giving hard loans. Working yeah. class black people bonds. Who wanted to buy? Where are mm. we right now? South Africans are afraid of Hillbrook. Buildings have mm. been hijacked. Many yeah. are drug dens. Yes, mm. people will say, okay, foreigners are coming and blah, blah, blah. But in fact, but in fact the people banks... who are hiding and we are not speaking about is the bank that denied a woman who is in Soweto, a family from Soweto. Their yeah. children are going to Park Town Boys. They are going to rent yeah. high and they can buy the property. Exactly. And all of a sudden, you can't find a mortgage to buy property in yeah. Yeovil. Because Yeovil yeah. is red zoned. Absolutely. Yeah. Because they Absolutely. are red zoned by the bank. And so that yeah. invisible hand. Uh, of how the finance market and the finance industry has worked and has positioned us as black people get hardly get spoken about. But some of Absolutely. us who were there at the beginning, who have been there from, I mean, 1999 is uh, almost 30 years ago, you know. Over it's a long ago. time ago, right? It's a long time ago, yeah. I want us to talk about your second purchase. Was it any better, Lebo? Was it any better in terms of knowledge? Do you so remember that? 
yes. I sold the 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 Tukasto house because of other things, mainly family issues. You know, okay. I just felt, and and maybe I need to rephrase that. Mm. I in Richard, in, no, not in retrospect. I sold the property house because I think in being the hero in my family, I had not established proper boundaries. Yes, boundaries. Around <laughs> what can I do for the family and what can't I do for the family? Mm-hmm. And in a lot of ways, the idea that you see that you are doing and doing and doing and doing and doing and doing and doing and, doing and in doing, you are beginning to build resentment because... <laughs> You want a car, Krugersdorf is far from Jobeck, where your workplace is. You have a house, but you must go and rent to be closer to the house. And you are saying to everybody, guys, let me just pay this. You guys will pay one, two, three, and it's, it's like not happening. Wait, <laughs> and it's just like uh, you brought us here, sorry. and then you and Runa, we thought we were coming to F. Mizo, can you hear me? I can hear you. What happened? Sorry. I have no idea. We had um, something that that happened with the Wi-Fi. Sorry about okay. that, but we can continue. So there you are. You do not have boundaries, so you make a decision of selling. Yes, and, and, and I sold at a loss, uh, but I owed the bank because... Hanging. Let's record again. We are back. So, Lebu. I, 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 I sold and I sold uh, to cover the bonds, uh, what I owed, not, not what the original bond amount was. Because that, oh house, my goodness. that house had been, was, was going to be auctioned. And I really? had an amazingly good conversation with the guy who had given me the bonds. Right. Who basically said to me, you know, I'm going to stop the sale. And remember when I got notice that the bond, the house is going for auction. And then at that time, uh, Mizo, when the bank could auction your house for five rents, and Yo, then the person yes. it uh, for 10 rents, and they own a house for 10 rents, and you still owe the bank um, 100,000. 100,000, yeah, or 200,000. Yes, so, so immoral. Um, yeah, mm. no, and I'm glad that 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 was that was a, a change. But the mm. point is, um, when when it went on auction, I got a call from the guy who had given me the bond uh, earlier, mm-hmm. um, uh, who called me in and who said, "Listen, I remember you vividly when you 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 came in to apply for the mm. bond, and I had never seen." A, a young, young woman. Person. And I know that she meant a young black person. Yeah, of uh, course. <laughs> apply for a bond. So uh, I'm going to give you advice, get an agent, sell it, mm-hmm. and uh, at least you won't owe the bank. And that's what I did. And the first offer that I got, I took. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, that's how I lost. Sold that, that one. Yeah. Oh, wow. And Shame. it was so cheap that I, you know, I, it, it took me a while to really, it, it was a, it was a sad loss, but I guess what happened mm. was, was how you pay school fees. 
um, in the property business. I went yeah. on and I bought a lot of properties, Nizo, and all in of between. them were, yeah. were, were, were upgrades as well. They were properties okay. I bought because you get into an area and you're like, okay, uh, mainly in Johannesburg. I then, mm -hmm. I can't even recall which one was my second. That's how many I bought. I normally <laughs> joke and I say to people, the only time I'll stop is when I walk into a property I've bought before and I recognize that the gate. <laughs> so in all this time, Lebo, are you telling me, because when I knew you, it was because a friend of ours was living in one of your properties when you were in the U.S., and um, there was something about the roof being fixed and whatever. That's how I, I got introduced to your name and your house long before I knew you and before I, I met you. So I'm what sure that property was property number seven. No ways, really. Also, yeah, five or seven, above five without a doubt. Um, ab yeah, I mean, let me see. Am I exaggerating? I don't think so. I think Orange was, Grove, was it? Yeah. Yeah, Orange I think it was, yeah, I, I then went and, and, yeah, okay. The second one was in, um, I forget the name now. Anyway, um, yeah. Um, and then I, you know, it's close to that, it's close to West Park Cemetery. I forget the, the area's name. It's yeah, you're going to Park Cemetery. Um, and uh, I'll tell you why I sold that house. That house didn't have a front window. <laughs> it had a what? It did not have a front window. <laughs> how, did, how did you buy it? It's not a front window. How did you, when did you discover? Born. Grew in a, in a, in a big household. And it, had, <laughs> <laughs> it had windows on the side. I think that front window <laughs> an extension. <clears throat> that house was an extension <laughs> and the way they did it for some reason they didn't put a front window but it's important that you hear about this house without a front window because yeah that's why i sold that house i mean there was no sense in my mind that i could actually go and get a builder and say do a sliding door here or a window like the things that i know right now i yeah I, yeah, you no, didn't know them at the time. Oh my yeah, goodness! I was just like, I'm gonna look for another house with a front window, and I'm gonna <laughs> simple. <laughs> you know what's upsetting oh, yeah. for a property mentor listening to this is you are buying property number five, but it's none that's making you money. None, it's making any sense. It's just, well, get upgrade. Oh, well, this one is close to the office. Oh, well, because no one is speaking to you in that language, isn't it? You've never had a, another black woman who's doing what you're doing. So you don't know what you don't know, right? It's that, Nizo, but I, I just basically think that there are some internal wounds you've got to heal first. Yeah. For yeah. even that information to make sense. Makes so sense. People, yeah. for an example, would say position, position, position. Right, right. And I mm. don't know what, how I feel about that still. But so I'm saying mm. some information was available. Um, mm. 
But I've, de I've defied all of the information simply because there was a very deep psychological need to for me to have mm -hmm. a big house, you know, live in a big house. So it was never driven by the need for investment. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And 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 yeah. this emotional need is is inherited. It's it's, yeah. it's generational. Yeah, it's, it's generational. Who our mm -hmm. families and friends around us applaud. Eesh. And what makes us feel like we are worthy? And yeah. I read an article. I don't remember mm -hmm. which article it was of somebody who said they would rather get into debt and buy a fancy car than not, because how do you go back to the hood with a beat up old Toyota? Even if that beat up old Toyota is reliable, mm. uh, paid up. So we yeah. carry a lot of wounds about mm. that mm. emanate from lack. And those wounds then uh, almost uh, even with the most, um, even with the most um, sound the, advice, and I think for a very long time we've made money decisions as they are devoid of emotion. Emotions. Know, uh, I like what you're saying. Figures and money are, um, they are neutral. They are. Um, yeah, and, and the, the yeah. other stuff is emotional. Everything is yeah. emotional. Everything yeah. is emotional. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That is why how to teach you so you know, I'm gonna try to talk a face. You know, um we've got we've got uh, emotional stuff. We must go hey, we've got it. emotional I, stuff. I, 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 I so yeah. I've, I've always wanted it, and I love big houses. I've always wanted it. You house. do, and, you and, do. And, and, and yes, so that was that was um, the second house. And because and we know each other personally, we and and you've always chosen beautiful houses. By the way, you've always yeah. chosen yeah. houses that that also um personify the person that you are. You are a collector of people. You love big yeah. tables because you love conversation with a lot of people and we've always you know we've always socialized at your table and eat and talk a lot and and live very late at night so i really love that but when did you become when did it click that actually i'm such a collector of property that i could be actually be building a portfolio when did it finally click that this is this is another mechanism that's so easy that could supplement my 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 salary whatever i'm doing yo <laughs> she says yo <laughs> <laughs> clicking <clears throat> just um, like click it's a it's a it's a it's a circumstantial click yeah um, so yeah i i i i have the house that you know in yeah in, in again. No, in Orange Grove. Grove. Okay. <laughs> I I did not sell that house because I was going to the US for a little while. Yeah. And I 
fortunately had our common friend who was coming mm-hmm. back from Australia who needed a place mm-hmm. to stay so she moved mm-hmm. into the house yeah and, and paid you rent and paid me rent okay oh, okay and, yeah and so that was the first experience uh-huh. you see sometimes things click when there is experience sometimes you must experience a different thing or see something exactly. differently not even see but experience for yourself differently to say oh okay it can be done because i went on a scholarship i took two kids with me i had no salary and to still be able to pay a bond get <coughs> out of this house to somebody else was my first experience of, of being a landlord property can do and it was safe this is a friend we both trust with our own lives uh, the thing like it was easy there was no lease on the table or anything okay okay yeah. when i came back um i actually did not move back into that house okay i rented a, a house a big house a big house another uh, big house i rented <laughs> a double storied house in morningside Oh my goodness. Yeah. After I stayed in that big house in Morningside which I was thinking of buying, I actually decided that I want to stay in the orange uh, grove house and then I saw a big house. One house, uh, three bedrooms, two bathrooms, two cottages right. in Fairwood. Oh and I sold the orange grove house and bought this other one now. And bought the big house. You know, Wagana did When you've not solved the need for big in your psyche, big will always be coming. I want and to I want to stop there for big house today, just because we are of the era of the big house. You know, another millennial who's listening to this podcast will not understand us. I get one of them grow up in a big house, something that they don't call a big house. So we really need to um, frame big house, guys. I mean, big house. Have I seen big house? Big house. You know when you've got a big house, when people ask for directions and say, "Exactly, what to say?" Barry, no, Ujiga, where is your big house? Get direction giver. Totally right. Yeah. Totally, well, and you rem- yeah, and you know the big houses that were in Soweto, my dear, were the Maponya houses. Mm-hmm. So no, no direct you are going to you are going to do and yeah, yeah, yeah. go to big house. But when I go big house, I need a green. And I cannot go buy pencil cream white or tie that a big house a green. Okay, it's now cream white. But <laughs> when they first moved in there, it was a green. Uh, oh my God, Lebo! The big I house must have two bathrooms. The big house, if it's really big, <coughs> it's not intended to be big. It must have a slate roof. The yeah. big house must have a big window. Garage. Big window. The big house must have big windows. The big house must have a swimming pool. Now that's a proper a, big house. Yeah, and then big house must also have a stoop, guys. I don't know how you were in Mansiville, Ronako Soweto, when you had a red stoop. No, I I'm still have a stoop today. I'm a stoop. Ah, there. no, the red stoop guys made yeah. you, Jay. Yeah. You know, so, you were so, so we in another different room. league. Yeah, beautiful <laughs> house, chandeliers. Lovely castle. We, we at Never. that time, so we were not calling it a big house. I mean, a stoop. We were saying it's yeah. a patio. Okay, it's, it's a, a patio. patio. Yes. <laughs> and wow, you know, you must <laughs> be 
people who design these patterns for you, you know, yeah. it's a whole thing. It's a whole yeah. arrived feeling, you know. <laughs> so when I bought that house and then I don't know how many years into that house, very few though, yeah. my daughter got married. She just decided, yeah, now she's going to get married. Now, you know, um, I had children when I was young. So I had oh. her when I was, she was born on the day I was 20 years, 11 months to the T. When oh she turned God. one month, I turned 21. Oh my and God. so, you know, you are busy with your big houses and the way that you rationalize is the fact that, yo, my children and I say the swimming pool. Look, as you rightfully say, not only do I like collecting people, even my children's events, like birthday parties and all of that, you know, were big, you know, so okay. there's always been a need, mm. you know, people have always come to stay with me and, you know, there were times where I felt maybe at night I must mark the register of who's here now. <laughs> people are here. But uh, while it's a good quality and I still love people, I mean, I think the whole issue of setting boundaries stayed with me as a point yeah. for a very long time, right? Because yeah. not everybody who's in your space is it's, really there. It's, but, it's really but there. This, this mm. addiction of being affirmed externally this yeah. addiction of other people. And, you know, we, you know, when your parents talk about you, it's like, yo, you know, Mana Tabo has achieved. Have you seen a big house? You know, it's like, yo. <laughs> Everybody around you is flexing. And also, we also take our kids into these schools that yeah. really erode their personhood and they erode their sense of pride. So right. you must stay mm. in this house because the friends must come for a swim. Your child mm. cannot be the only one that goes for a swim at the at other people's so, house. Yeah, when they sleep mm. over, there must be that double bunk and they must mm. be able to go and play in the patio. They must be able to chase a dog. They must be able mm. to do all sorts of things because, mm. hey man, you know, we, we've been playing this game of trying to fit in forever. Forever, forever. Yeah. So ever. when my daughter got married, I realized that I did. So my when my daughter got married, my nanny had been with me for thirteen years. So my mm -hmm. son was also thirteen, and my nanny mm -hmm. then decided she wants to go back home. Mm. And I knew I didn't feel safe in that house. It was too big. There are two cottages. My daughter occupied one. My nanny occupied one. And I decided, oh, let's look for another big house. Big house. <laughs> another big house. I yes. like the big house. Uh, so so I, I found a big house in Krugersdorf. Mm. And the reason why I went back to Krugersdorf was, again, very emotional. Mm. The, the time I came back, I did stay for a little while, by the way, in the Orange Grove house. Yeah. But my when I was in the US um, in 2010 April, my father died. Somebody that I was extremely close to. Close to. And okay. then in July 2011, my mother died. Okay, so the and house was so, really okay. Makes yeah, sense and, now. And and the last place that my mother had been in uh, before she went to hospital to die was that Orange Grove house. Okay. And so for me, there had been a, I really 
that's when after they died i moved to morningside i just didn't mm. feel like i want to be in the house mm. but when my when my when my um my my daughter got married mm. my, my struggle was i went to the us left the orange grove house went to the us mm. let my father mm. die came back i wasn't back for a few months i wasn't back for three months my mother died Oh my gosh. And I just felt that I needed to be in Kruger's dog because that is where we come from. Because mm. I felt that you know I had not been home. I felt very unrooted and this time yeah. was my rock in so mm-hmm. many ways when mm-hmm. I was in the US studying when my parents died mm-hmm. was going to leave and i just did not want to be anywhere except close to kruger's dog close to kruger's dog something mm. was sending me back to kruger's dog i see i see there, it, it, there was a way and a morning way in which i just needed to be amongst my people i mean mm. not that i saw them daily not that i yeah yeah was with them daily but kruger's dog had a very calming I felt grounded. I felt rooted. I felt that I mm-hmm. with my parents I could go to the graveside mm. and just uh, see them. I felt like I can uh, I can um you know just um be with my parents even yeah. if they were not present. They were not there but they were close. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they just... were close. So, wow. so so I was I was um uh um you know that's what drew me to Kruger's dog and Kruger's dog did that yeah the Kruger's dog yeah. house i kept the longest mm-hmm. i only sold it this year meaning 2022 okay yes. so it's finally sold i'm so glad to hear yeah and yeah. and it's because it was in Kruger's dog there is something about Kruger's dog that for me was very difficult to live i lived in that house until you know sometimes when i wanted to spend time in mm-hmm. joburg and because many of my circles and my work is in joburg mm-hmm. i would have to book an airbnb so that i don't mm-hmm. drive far because kudos up from johannesburg is about 52 kilometers away right right and then later on for the need of my son's school i moved to linden and i was linden. in linden but i it's a house that I think then I then realized that hmm actually I could I could I could rent out property you yeah. know and not be a nuisance yeah so the Kruger's Dog house was the first house that I had bought in 2015 and really started believing that no 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 I I shouldn't be selling this house but it was also from an emotional point of view I couldn't sell yeah. that house mm-hmm. and then what then happened is uh, in between I I was still I was renting in Linden because my son had to be uh, closer to close to the school he was going to and I then decided I'm going to buy a flat as an investment. Um, yeah. I 
I then, you know, bought a flat. I managed to pick up a flat at a, at a reasonably cheap price. Price, yeah. And I bought a flat and then I put another tenant in there. So while I was still renting within walking distance of where my son's school was, mm-hmm. I was basically um, uh, having two properties that I had bought and mm-hmm. um, that uh, I had not sold. So I think mm-hmm. 2017 was, was when I was comfortable uh, and maybe as a I landlord. Was- as a landlord, you know. Yeah, to landlord. call yourself a landlord and to yes. be doing it yeah. not out of, not just accidentally, you became a landlord. I became a landlord. And, and, and okay. I think it took my daughter getting married for me to okay. say, well, uh, these people, like my parents, were not mm-hmm. going to be with you forever. One other property I had owned before, for an example, also had a cottage. And uh, my parents came and lived in that cottage. So this whole thing that you do and you can't do only for you, you must do for your children, you must do for your parents, you must do for your tribe. I think when my daughter got married, I was like, well, um, let me dare and do something differently. So, Mm. but the kudos of house I kept. Um, And then I bought a second property and um, then it gets easier. You know, then you've done okay. it. Then you've got then it. You've done it. Then you've done it. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> this is, this, this is the life, actually. But yeah. the reason why I got very excited about wanting wanting you to come on the podcast level is because you and I would speak on WhatsApp, you know, to and fro. We even did up one of your cottages at the Krukastop yeah. home um, was because you are on to your is it a third or a second short-term rental you have bought a second um you are on the second yes you are on your second short-term rental tell me Mm -hmm. how that comes about and why did it even make sense and why was it easy for you to move into that space you know that short-term rental is a whole strategy it requires its own mentor it requires its own little set of systems and it requires you to to move about in a certain way and not to be attached to your furniture by the way so you know short-term rental is a is a different strategy it's not for everyone so how does that even come about was it circumstantial how did it come so when when covid hit and and tenants could not pay rent, and the law was that you couldn't evict them. Yeah, I started seeing the downside of long-term rental. Long-term rental. Mm. Uh, the house in Kudostop, three-story. Um, yeah. When you rent it for twenty thousand rents a month, and somebody owes you for three months, they owe you sixty thousand. The chances That's that it. they're gonna have sixty thousand, and having sixty thousand or twenty thousand mm-hmm. shortfall in your salary is not right. Yeah. And um, I had been staying in Airbnbs and like with Uber, when I'm in an Uber, I ask the person a question, how much do you make? How, what are the pros and cons and stuff? Airbnbs, I also started uh, studying myself. Asking, exactly. Yeah. And so yeah. 2019, December, I moved to Cape Town for a job in Cape Town. And, um, you know, I had been coming here, staying in Airbnbs, getting interested mm-hmm. in Airbnbs. But it was also very difficult to go back to Joburg and not have a place. 
So, oh, I see. So two things happened uh, for me, and I think mm-hmm. it is what I had learned as a landlord. Mm-hmm. Number one is that um, um, I realized the downfall of having long-term uh, tenants. Tenant. Mm-hmm. Number two, mm-hmm. I um, also realized that I... I um I needed a place to be when mm. I when you are in Johannesburg, yeah, yeah, and not to but, rent, yeah. But mm-hmm. I also realized that during COVID, property got very cheap. People were literally throwing away their property. Yeah, yeah. So what I did was I really went and I looked for. A, a property that I bought December mm. 2020 at a very, very cheap reasonable rent. price. Oh my gosh. And um, now Cape Town is interesting because Cape Town, there are big houses, but they are very, very few. Yeah. And when I say few, I'm basically saying. You know, unless you want to pay 70 million or 100 million, they hired a premium. <laughs> yes, unless you want to yeah. pay the amount, yeah. these properties are, are, are quite are quite, are quite few. Tricy. Mm-hmm. So I got used to the idea of smaller properties. In, oh, Cape in Cape Town, and they can be charming. Oh my God, you lived in a charming place. In what was the place that I really like? The um, something Woodstock. The sound. I'm not too okay. sure. Hold on one second. I think it's from my side. Apologies, guys. We have a tech issue a bit. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so, so you uh, got used to living in smaller spaces. So remember, it was a progression. My daughter moves out. I'm like, hey, let me go to Krugersdorf. I still get a big house. I go to <laughs> Linden to rent, but I can't now rent a big, big house because I mm. own a house most in Joburg. In Krugersdorf. Mm. In Krugersdorf. Mm. I rent a smaller space. It's only my mm. son and me. Then mm. we moved to Cape Town and looking at rental and property prices in Cape Town, you, 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 even the rich people in Joburg will afford small properties in Cape Town. It's just how the property market yeah. is. You know, yeah. The property yeah. market in Cape Town mm-hmm. is like uh, the European property market. Mm. So what then happens is then the idea that you can live in a smaller property you know, becomes very, it becomes palatable. But let me right. also say, this big house thing, or even staying yeah. in a house, didn't leave me immediately. Even in Cape yeah. Town, I lived okay. in two houses. They were not big, but um, I lived in two houses. Yeah. And, and then, so, <clears throat> what it helped was that in December 2020, I was like, I'm going to buy a flat. I'm going to buy a place where whenever I'm in Joburg, I'm not struggling. Whose house am I going to go to? Airbnb, yeah. expensive. 
and I put in an offer. This is now my third property. Yeah. The offer gets accepted because the price was so good. And I decide this is it. Go the Airbnb route. Yeah. Yeah. And as soon as the property was registered, was registered I did not start with the Airbnb route. Let me, let me. Oh, okay. I was going to get yeah. a tenant. But mm. at that time in 2021, tenants were offering so little. Yeah. People really had been affected by COVID. So yeah. the property yeah. registered in March. I stayed March, April, and there was no tenant coming no forth. And I thought, you know what? Do Airbnb. Okay. The benefit of a small space is that even as you finish the place for Airbnb, you can finish it well, reasonably well, but yeah. it's not a big space. You don't have a lounge, a TV room, a family room, a study, yeah. a games mm. room, a, you know, some rooms you don't even know that they exist in the house. <laughs> and um, I, I basically just got a good bed, um, mm. And then I, and now that I had this idea, I also mm-hmm. had a sense of how much I needed to spend. So I started deliberately going and I'm like, okay, where can I get hotel quality bedding? But mm. it is not mm-hmm. nice. Okay. People started telling me about stores like Pep for decoration, yeah. for, 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 for uh, Pep Home. Yeah. Yeah. Pep Home. Yeah. Mm. People started telling mm. me about checkers for house things like glasses and whatever glasses yeah Mm -hmm. and so i did this i and and i enjoyed it i have never loved doing something like putting together that airbnb i loved it i love it we have publicly been watching you um finish the cape town apartment actually you've been so deliberate about showing us pictures did you know that about yourself by the way just as a side that well, you are you are you are artistically given i mean i know that because of the choice of houses that you've lived in but i didn't i i wouldn't have called you a person who would decorate and i am seeing that um for the first time look yes and no you know sometimes mm. there are just some things you do so much out of necessity that you never say oh you know this is what because you are not intentional when you are mm. not intentional, you just mm-hmm. do them because they need to be done. Anyway, long and short of it is, I did that house in May. I had come to Cape Town, to Joburg, for work purposes. Mm-hmm. I was in Joburg for a week. Each time at lunch, I would drive around, buy things, fill my car. At night, really? when we go to sleep in Pretoria, I would drive to the flat and I would... Put it uh, down for people. I would put it down. I would unpack it. I would do this, and by the end of that two weeks, I put. I went live on Airbnb. On, on Airbnb, uh. and I've not not had a guest since then. My goodness! Yes. No way! I went live on the seventeenth of May, and I was yeah. shocked that. Um, um, because you know, you, you've got the app on Airbnb that somebody wants to book. So, oh my goodness, they want to book. Okay. <laughs> um, and, um, 
uh, I think in May I had a few uh, weekend bookings. Okay. And, uh, but this wasn't the first time that I had done Airbnb. I had actually experimented in a house I lived in, in Parkhurst, where I, I rented out a bedroom. I did one bedroom in my house. I bought a bar fridge. I bought a coffee maker. I bought... Um, That's amazing. Cups. Yeah, because that, that house, it was three bed, three bath and suit. Yeah. yeah. And you have got these two bedrooms that just sit there. Yeah, that's, well, that's my son was still living with me, so I had oh. one where I just felt I'll rent it out. And in fact, it is that one that after I had gone live on it, my first person that came stayed with us for three months. No way. Yes. And then I moved to Cape Town. That's when I stopped. And yeah. then COVID happened. And then a year later, I then thought, oh, let me do Airbnb again you know, mm. and uh, Airbnb for me was self-teaching. It was... I see that. <laughs> it was just reading. There's a lot of tools for hosts on the Airbnb app. There's a lot they of tools. There, there are, are a lot of tools. Mm -hmm. And uh, you just sit there and it has cut out so many things in terms of you know, um, and, and, and the securities that are in there right now, there's even insurance cover if you want to, in, you know, if, if there are problems. I've, you mm -hmm. know, I've had a few problems that are not insurmountable and um, very little negligible problems compared to the I would love to know had. about those. I would really love to know about those. Um, just give us three experiences because, you know, what happens with, with, with landlords? Most people don't rent out spaces because their first thing is, oh, I like my privacy. Oh, people break your stuff. Oh, people just don't take care of your stuff. Is, is it your biggest problem level with, with your short-term rentals? Is that your experience? What, what's your experience? What are your so, biggest three that you would say you were agog? You were like, oh my goodness. Uh, what did I, I, haven't, I, I haven't had major ones. And I'll tell you why okay. I haven't had major ones. Yeah. So the first one was, the, 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 so this is what I do. I've got somebody who cleans for me. But oh, they are also my little security guard. Oh, so for the weekend rentals, yeah. uh, checkout is at 11. Yeah. I wanted to be there at 11. Because then I will know whether the person is going to check out or not. Mm. And when she is there, it, it's very awkward for the person not to. For the person. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, I've got a self-check-in system, but check out, okay. I make sure that if it's at 11, she's there at 11. At 11, okay. Yeah. So mm -hmm. the, first, uh, the, the first problem I had was this couple, and instinct tells you where she had moved in and she seemed so desperate to move in. Right. That um, a week after, so when people stay for more than a week, when they stay for a month or longer, mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. offer them complimentary cleaning. Oh, I see. And that is where the snooping around happens. So ah. I, I will say I'm, I'm offering you um, a complimentary cleaning. 
and then my 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 cleaner will walk in and tell me how they are keeping things so this person wasn't that keen and then they then told me that they had contracted covid so she can't come for two weeks so when of course now people have covid you can't go you can't say send me your proof or whatever Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and when she came, she told me that the house had been extremely filthy. Oh. So I I, I immediately said to the, the, the guest, listen. The guest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she'd taken pictures. So I went back yeah. and I said, these are the pictures that I received. I would like you to take care because, you know, um, I want to retain things properly. They apologized. And mm. after they apologized, they got a bit off with me, you know. Of course. Off with the landlord. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then what happens is that because you control your calendar on Airbnb, then I blocked future dates so that they can't book. I see. They can't extend. They can't extend. And so (sighs) when the time came to leave and then we went to see the flat, it looks like they were cutting steak on the pan with a knife. The, the oh, pen was really, yeah, non-stick pen. Uh, and then the bedside tables had also been cut. So <laughs> my suspicion from even what the nanny was telling me is that they, mm. they were probably drug addicts and they were cutting something on top. Oh. I see. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I must say, Another lesson, uh, uh, Airbnb has air cover, but I think air cover is new. But even then, I could have reported. I had all the receipts and everything. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I just got very upset and irritated. Mm-hmm. But um, I hadn't really spent as much money as I spent in Cape Town to finish it. So there were things mm-hmm. where in the bigger scheme of things, I said, well, I'll just replace Mm. But then I stopped doubting my instinct okay. uh, around tenants. Yes, mm. yeah, mm. Uh, mm. I allow. Okay, and cool. there has been no other problem except another mistake I made. And again, instinct was there with me. Yeah. Was that there is a woman who wanted to come in? She came in. She's mm. from the UK, a bit older. She was also a host. And then thereafter, she's like, no, let me pay you directly and let me, you know, <laughs> we'll all sale, whatever. And, and I agreed, you know. I mean, I think mm. she tired. She made me tired. She wore me out. She, her calls you know, wore you out. Mm. But when she left, there's a fireplace in the unit. Is that there right. is probably a, a little flicker of, 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 of a fire thing that yeah. shot. And it burned a, 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 my one seat. Um, oh, and, and it didn't burn it, burn, burn. There mm-hmm. was a little hole. Mm. And I mean, I mean, some people, when I told her, she says, oh, you should have bought this thing that makes, you know, this guard, this shield that goes in front of the fire. No, that's not what we are talking about. You bent my sofa. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. And then, and then I just felt like, you know what? Um, again, you know, but that has been the major things that have happened. I see. I, I covered see. that couch, and I think I did a. The person who did it for me did a better job. 
than when I even bought it um, at the store. At the store. And um, and uh, my my um, oh, and then the first ones I also just found, and I think it's another proof that they were smoking something. I just found the pillowcases that were white had it's been off. Mm. Yeah, yeah, they they were. There were some stains of yellowish, you know, like where you're mm. like, I'm not sure whether it's a smoke or whatever. Mm. Um, okay. but, but that's that's the biggest thing that you've had. So I want to stop you, then you'll mm. never do it again because your own yeah. children do that. How many times have our children broken the remote, broken this? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, forever exactly. one thing or the other, and they don't pay rent. They don't pay rent. So, you know, what I want to talk about is, do you do this short-term rental for fun, label, or do you do it now as a serious property investor for someone who is looking to go into short-term rental? Would you say, um, what are the things that it frees you from? Do you spend a lot of time on your rental? Do you, do you find that it is a profitable property business? And do you find... Yeah, it is an amazingly uh, profitable way to do mm-hmm. business strategy. Okay. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I think for me, lesson number one: we don't need a big house. Um, <laughs> oh, guys, house. this big house thing is killing yeah. me. Actually, it, short- we really <laughs> don't need a big house. Um, in the bigger scheme of things, we really don't. Um, <laughs> and and the more you decide not to go the big house route, is the more you realize just how how much um, innovative uh, spaces can be. You can know, be. if there is a mother, a father, or two parents, or two mothers, or two fathers, whatever the makeup is, and is. Yeah. and children, we really don't need. Like a lot of the times we buy these big houses is 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 for the same reasons that I did. It's more emotional than 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 business. Than need, uh, like, yeah. yeah than need. need, yeah. Um, Here's the, my and, second. And, mm-hmm. and 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 for me, you know, space and property. I'm beginning to enjoy it now because I can see what it can do for me. So this flat. Uh, that I, I I started with as a as a as a as a unit. I mean that thing from levy to bond to rates and taxes to everything, it just pays for itself. Yeah. It just pays yeah. for itself now. Yeah. Um and if I rented it out monthly with somebody bringing in their own furniture, I wouldn't be able to get what I get per month out That's- of out of um, monthly rental. I wouldn't, yeah. and I would be sitting with this legal issue of if a tenant doesn't work, you must actually go to the court to get them yeah. legally. To get them evicted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. also offers me the flexibility of if I really want to be in Johannesburg and it's not booked, although it's not been possible. That thing has been booked since last year, May. Um, this is yeah. more than 12 months. 100% occupancy. I mean, and there what? was a time my kids went there. There was a time that I went there, but we wanted to be there. So we, we did not. But thereafter, I would not even stop. Very recently, uh, my kids wanted to be in there. I didn't even realize that I had put on automatic 
confirmation, you know, instant book. That's what they call it. And when I yeah. looked at it, I was like, yo, somebody has booked and it's booked already. <laughs> that is so amazing. I want you to talk us again. Um, this short-term rental you're talking about, the Johannesburg one, what is it? Is it a bachelor? Is it a one-bed? No, it's a one-bed. It's a one-bed. Oh, one mm -hmm. um, two balconies, beautiful property. Beautiful property um, overlooking a, a river. Yeah, yeah, fireplace, it's open plan. It's but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's the feeling of home. I've done it out mm. of love. It's the feeling of home that people get when they get in there. So the kitchen Beautiful. could be upgraded. It's workable, but it's an old um, kitchen. It could be upgraded. It's mm. got a washing machine. I've recently put in a dishwasher. So mm -hmm. it's just the little touches that you put in. If I see two smart, very inexpensive side blades, you know, that have color, whatever, just to bring in color, I'll take them and I'll put them there. So mm. there is a lot of creativity and fun that goes into something that into you something. Mm. So, the why did you one, why oh did you choose Cape Town Cape Town uh, property? What makes it charming? Well my, my Cape Town property, you see, I don't know why my daughter does things and I get ideas, but it seems like that it is. So my daughter has got her second idea now that she's relocating to a country outside of Africa. <laughs> and uh, I finally decided to uh, get out of um, both my properties in, in the West End because mm. one, was in mm. Florida, one was in Florida and I sold both. The Florida one was that I looked at the area who I can attract and I was like, that's it. I'm not, not, I don't want to stay here. Now the message of position, position, position started making sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, these messages don't land. You you learn it in 1990-something. You implement in 20, almost 2020-something. 20, anyway, the yeah. long version of it is that I then finally decided that really owning property... I also do things for political reasons. Yeah. And the property market is so prohibitive for many Black people, particularly... It is. It still is. areas where of I just... Course. You know what I am going to do is I am going to buy property on the Atlantic seaboard. I am <laughs> on the Atlantic seaboard. Me, I must see the ocean. I must sit the, in the ocean my, in the Republic of Cape Town. Yes. Yeah, from my lounge, I must see the ocean. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I, I, I did. Um, and, um, and, and it's small and it's cute. And... Mm. Because of the clientele I want to get in Cape Town and because yeah. I don't want to be anxious that it is full all the time because yeah. the property that is on Airbnb and Airbnb asks you in Randberg, it's mainly for Airbnb. So there's yeah. four places, four mugs, four whatever. This yeah. is where all of my things are. Okay? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I really one wanted to make sure that I really make it quite exclusive. Yeah. But also its location will get me exclusive money. Money. You know, I Absolutely. wanted to look at what kinds of properties get mainly international guests because yes. it yeah. is surrounded by hotels 
and hotels yes. where international guests <laughs> come. And I just felt, yeah. well, that's what I'm going to do. The beauty about a small, and, and, and also, you know, I had carried furniture from this house, from that house, sold a little bit here. I said, no, this one needs me to mm-hmm. finish it for itself. Yeah, you know, and be very deliberate about what it is that I want to put in there, what it is that I want to have it, and and that is for that reason. And so, this is the kind of property where I'm thinking because it's got my own things, because it is in such a location, even if it only had people some weekends, yeah, even if it's got 60% occupancy, you're good, you're good. Yeah, that's fine because you know who you're attracting. I love yeah. that. I love that. That's such an important thing to say about the short-term rental strategy because sometimes people who chase occupancy haven't understood the kind of clientele as well that they want to, to attract or that location is not necessarily that type of a place. I really like that you are deliberate and every property strategy has to be like that. You have to think the about, yeah. I want to say about short-term strategy is that don't be greedy. You know, different exactly. people oh. buy a place and they, 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 you know, who they go for. Mm-hmm. There are people, I'll give you mm-hmm. an example. And unfortunately, we pry on certain people who will pay whatever. Because even in Cape Town, property, like it's a struggle for people to get property. Yeah. Um, th- that for me is it, it's. I want you to have an experience. I want you to walk in. Every other person, even in Rand Park Ridge, who has come in, has been like, "Oh wow, it looks better than in the pictures." Mm. Um, and mm. even with this kitchen, that I still feel no, I really want to redo that kitchen and just give right. it whatever. And, and for me, it's also building long-term. You see, I've got no mm. need right now to make a prop, to make such a huge profit that maybe, yeah. uh, like, there's mm. no greed in it. It's like, here's mm. an experience. I'm building an experience. experience and for and some that people. is why it's full mm-hmm. all the time. Mm. Mm. And, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm doing the same in Cape Town. Um, yeah. I want to honor the space and the kinds of people that are going to be in my that space. That are going to be using it. I love yes. that. I yeah. love that very much. So, Lebo, this, is, this has been great. But tell me, did you, do you have a tribe? Who, who's helping you with the short-term strategy? Who, 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 who are the people who are in your tribe that are making it possible for your strategy to thrive i mean you you have got a very high responsible job you travel a lot and and the business still has to go on because it is a business who makes it possible for you to do all of those things you know that there's someone who's listening to us and thinking i'm a professional there's no way i have time to be checking a bent sofa or a broken glass what what makes it possible for you well, from an investment point of view, get a mentor. I would, I yeah. would advise that just get a mentor and listen mm. to the mentor. Yeah. Um, so I do mm. know that, and that's just how privilege works, that I've got mm. people yourself I can ask questions yeah. uh, to. And I do know that even a few of the deals I have done, I could have done them very differently, but mm. get a mentor. Mm. 
get somebody you can bounce off ideas. There were one or two properties before I got the one in Runbeck where when I spoke to you, for an example, you asked me a few questions where I was just like, no, 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 this one doesn't pass. I was asked five questions. This one doesn't pass three of the five. It can't, <laughs> you know. And guys, um, mind you, Lebo would ask you on WhatsApp. She's making decisions as she's as she's moving. She said, Mizo, do I do this one? Listen to this. This is what it does. This is what it does. It's yeah. a yes or a no. I'm like, no, you can't ask me a yes or no answer. Yeah. But yeah, we, we appreciate it. <laughs> The second thing is on both my properties, I've trained people who understand what those properties do and who are my eyes and ears. So, um, you know, when, as I said, uh, in Joburg, when somebody moves out, the person knows 11 o'clock, they must be there. And Mm -hmm. if they arrive at quarter to 11 at 11, they go knock on the door. And if the person is still packing, it's like, well, it's checkout time. And Mm -hmm. there's been only Mm -hmm. once where somebody was shocked that actually... Um, somebody is at the door and, and <laughs> told me immediately I go on the app and I say hey um, how much longer do you need I'm going to yeah. charge you by the hour if you are not uh, and then the person then hurries and goes hurries up yeah, yeah. that's how and, it goes and the fact that when they are long term in Johannesburg the person um, uh, goes weekly and offers um, um, you know complimentary cleaning just to check if my TV is still on the TV stand. <laughs> I like and, 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 and I'm gonna do the same in Johannesburg. <laughs> okay, town. Okay. And there's also other things like self check in. You can get a self check in box. Okay. That is open by remote control. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and, and if possible, you can have that person come in and show people around and open for them and and just suss mm-hmm. them out. Complexes so got- are better for me than houses because houses, okay. your neighbor or the body corporate, I also make friends where there is security with the security guard and say, okay, if you notice anything, because some person books us alone and then the next thing there's six of them. So that I, I know I know the numbers of all the security guards at Runberg where I'm like, oh my, really? Somebody comes in, yeah, I don't give them the code at the gate. I'm like, tell the security guard that you are going to number 75. Okay. And I know that it's a way of somebody saying, oh, this one is at 75. When there can be three or four people, the security will call me. Oh, I saw people. Um, Then I WhatsApp and I say, hey, I hear you've got a lot of people there. Oh, yeah. no, so-and-so is just visiting. They're going to leave. Oh, okay, that's fine. Okay, that's um, fine. But, I but, see. but I you see. do need to have people that are there, that are on your corner, that are also making a bit of money. Um, bit of money. Out of yeah. yeah. I am so loving this. I'm hearing it like for the third, fourth time about the security guard. This is the person that will make your business. Um, one girl who came on here, she's got an Airbnb in Maboning. Those were the guys who actually uh, sourced guests for her because, you know, the, the Maboning clientele is that type of people who are walking past and they're like, is there a room here this evening yeah. or something like that? So so this is so heartening to hear that that they, they, they become part of your tribe and they make your business work and they actually safeguard your, your investment. And they Let are me, so protective. Yo, they are, right? You are a single black woman. Yo, yeah. all of these security guards love you. 
They just love yeah. you. Not, not in a perverted way, you know. They yeah, feel, but they just, feel, yeah. They feel, hey, mom, we saw so-and-so. Are those people coming to you? <laughs> like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like the... came in there. They've got many suitcases. How long are they staying? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. Levi, this has been such an amazing podcast. Like, it's just an amazing. We could go on forever. I, I mean, I don't mind at That's all. That's the problem. But we're going to leave it there. We're going to leave it there. I have forgotten that we are recording a podcast. So, um, Let's go on to the next segment of the show, if that's okay with you. Uh, that you've given fine. me so much today. Let's just go on to the next segment of the show. On to the next segment of our show, magical feedback from our hosts, where our hosts share their three takeaways from today's episode. We are on to the takeaways thank you for joining us again we are property magicians podcast that is sponsored by property magicians property stock film so i have got takeaways that have filled three pages i'm not sure which one to start with i am going to only do three i'm only allowed three so let's let's get into it Lebo shared a lot about herself and I really liked starting with that because personal development, surprise, surprise, can be the reason you make it or you break your property portfolio. Literally, knowing about yourself and getting to know a little bit about yourself, knowing about your deep traumas, your deep wounds, why you buy how you buy, psychological things are what makes or breaks a property investor. She shares about how she used to buy the big house and she kept, she kept really reiterating it. She and I can share that way because we know where we come from. Now, there are reasons for her for buying big houses. She used to buy big houses because she was trying to fit in, and she wanted her children to have a swimming pool. She didn't want them to be the only children whose house didn't have a swimming pool. And she intimated that we know we buy these houses because we emanate from lack, right? And we also buy these big houses so that we can be affirmed by our communities and our friends and our families. It is what our families and our friends applaud. So watch yourself in how you buy the house, what house you buy. Even our investments, some people will buy investment houses in particular areas because they want to be able to say, I only buy in the northern suburbs, for instance. If you are in Johannesburg, it's a big deal. But necessarily, is that where the cash flow is? Are you going to make a profit there? And are you going to own a property portfolio that makes sense? Not necessarily. So the big house is actually a very, very deep wound for some people. Um, it could be different from you, but she shares a lot about that. And I think for most Black people, South African Black people, that's where we come from. We buy the big house because it's an upgrade, but we don't necessarily think about whether we are investing or not. All right. That's my first takeaway. I really like that. And I, 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 I can... 
identify with that a lot. My second, <clears throat> my second takeaway is is on how Lebu bought, um, how she uses the tribe that she has around the strategy that she is on to right now. A strategy that she has landed on and she finds lots of joy in is the short-term strategy. Watch what she does. Firstly, she's a very colorful personality. And I see that even it's reflected even in the units that she is renovating or she is decorating for, for, for her Airbnbs. She she puts her art, she puts her heart into how she decorates the house, which also attracts people who actually love pretty spaces. So as you can see, your strategy can pick your personality. You can put your personality inside of the strategy and the type of property that you are buying. I really like what she does with that. But what here's what she's done as well to bolster the success of her short-term strategy. She's got a tribe, yeah? One of her tribes is a mentor, obviously, but she uses Airbnb. Apparently on Airbnb, there are lots of training little videos and little tips and tools for hosts, right? So she uses the Airbnb site actually as a mentoring tool for herself as well. So some of the lessons she's, she's learned are self-taught, some are from a mentor. She's got a self-check-in system, which makes it easily possible to automate how guests come in and out of the flat. The, second, the third thing is that she's got a trained host. So her cleaner doubles up as a host so that, especially for checkout, she is there at 11 a.m. when it is time for checkout so that her guests don't just summer extend their time of stay. And when they've got a long-term stay, like a month, she gives them every second week a, a free cleaning um, a, as a bonus so that it's also another way of snooping on the guests to make sure that everything is still in place and she doesn't have funny business going on in one of her units. The third thing is she has used the security guards and she finds that it's easier for her to own apartments that are inside of a complex because then she's got more control. When she's not there, the security guys are a second set of eyes. They know how to check out when a guest books and they say they've only got one guest and then they end up with three, four, five or six guests. The security guys are always checking on that. But not only that, she doesn't ever give her code to the guest before they arrive at the gate. They only get their code at the security because then she's got control of how many people get in, right? So that's 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 a good strategy when you are a short-term rental um, business owner. Really like that takeaway. I am I'm, 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 I'm amazed at how it goes. All right. My third takeaway on the short-term rental, here it is. She had a guest who happens to also own a short-term rental. And she was coming from the UK, but this host, so it was a host to host, and this host decided she wants to pay 
to pay her, the business owner, directly into her bank. Instantly, she lost control of what Airbnb could have done because when now she discovered that a piece of furniture had been damaged, she couldn't claim for insurance because she had accepted the money outside of the Airbnb system. The second thing is she didn't have control on, 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 on this guest. So that's such an important thing that I didn't know about a short-term rental that um, on Airbnb, when a guest pays, then there is a certain deposit that Airbnb could have, um, that it could have kept so that it pays for the, um, for the insurance and the guest would be responsible for that. She could, she could have claimed on the Airbnb. She shared it so much more i could go on and on i've got seven things that i had circled as my as my takeaways but i will leave it there and move on to the next segment of the show now on to the journey to magical expansion where we ask our guests the same five questions we ask every guest Hey there, property magicians. This is the favorite part of the podcast that I like so much, the journey to magical expansion. This is where we ask five personal questions to uh, our guests to help us to understand how they create money magic and how they expand with ease. Lebo, are you ready for your magical expansion? Please give me a book that changed your life it doesn't have to be a property or a short-term rental book it can be a business book it can be a book on self-development that changed your life and tell me why ian love um, yeah. oh my God. Uh, changed my life when i read ian Love's book and i now forget the title because i've got all of them um, which the one uh, the one that documents her life. Uh, I'm actually going to walk to my book. Shelf. One day. One day my soul opened up. No. Just opened up. Or yesterday uh, I cried. One of those. I yesterday I cried. Oh, yesterday, yesterday I cried. Yesterday I cried. Oh, oh yesterday I cried. Oh, I love that. I love that book. Yesterday I cried. But why? Why did it change your life? Hey man, as black women, we got tears. We got tears. <laughs> black women are sold a lie that the Yambogodo and black women <laughs> trauma that generational the trauma and the like guilt that. and the shame and the of shame. not crying. Um, and some of us must cry our great grandmother's tears. We must cry our grandmother's tears. We must cry our mother's tears. And, and then, then cry our tears. Yeah, I like that. Oh my gosh, that is such an amazing book. Yeah. That is such an amazing contribution to our stack. What mm. keeps you inspired, Lebo? I love making a difference. And each time I do anything that makes any difference in anybody else's life, it just shows me that a better tomorrow is possible. Yeah. 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 Extra and it shows. And service, it shows mm. in even how the jobs pick you because I don't yeah. believe you pick your jobs. The yeah. jobs pick you. Yeah, I like that. Thank you for sharing that. What do you wish you had known 
before embarking on your property, on your current property investment journey? What, wish, what do you wish you had known or you had been told? That I don't need a big house. <laughs> <laughs> that property is not a symbol of my worth. <laughs> that I already bring worth to property. It's an investment. It's a way that I think about my money and that I deserve the money. Yo, and since I realized hey. that I deserve money, mm. the money is mm. coming. She is coming, man. She, she is coming. Yeah, she we are coming. She's friends. Money, money is energy. Yeah. And once I realized I deserve it, yeah, <laughs> she is coming. Never, I love that what you've just said. I love it so much. I could stop the recording right now. This is so, so important. Property is not an extension of our self-worth at all. At yeah. all. Yeah. What else do you think? still think you need to learn in property investing? I mean, I've, I'm interested in um, buying property outside of South Africa. Ah, uh, are you? I'm awesome. also interested in buying land and doing something with a big uh, piece of land. Um, and so I'd, I'd like to learn that a little bit. But I've, I've already started looking at what, investing in other countries would look like development as well i like yeah. that you keep threatening about that i am going to hold your feet to the fire about that yeah. we've spoken too many times about it mm. um you are not afraid of big things so i think you are the type there's lots to that's involved in development so yeah partnering yeah. probably is your deal yeah and uh Investing internationally, so easy. Listen to our podcast. I don't know what podcast number what, but we've had um, um, two international agents. One is busy uh, selling properties in Rwanda. You can talk to me after this. So what property resource do you want to share with our listeners? Um, some people will share another book, um, a podcast or a YouTube that you particularly like and listen to regularly. Please share. You can share one of them. I think that they must follow Vangile and yourself. I mean, I yeah. just think that healing the wounds of money, it's an important mm. and the generational trauma is so important. And really right. learning from other people who've bought different properties, who've made lots of money, who've learned many lessons. I've got yeah. no other except you guys. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, you can follow Vanille at wealthymoney.com. That is that is where she teaches about money and trauma. And she's particularly passionate about women of color all over the world. And yeah, so and you are on our podcast listening right now. Thank you so much, Labor for or for plugging us some more. All right. So um, please not to forget us is sponsored by Property Magician Stockfell, our property Stockfell that allows people to come and invest in a collective for as little as 1000 per month. And um, we are currently investing with uh, developers that give us a high uh, rate of return on our money. And you can do it with as little as 1,000. Label people who would like to book on your um, short-term rentals, both in Joburg and Cape Town, where would they find you or how do they find you? Uh, 
whichever uh, contact detail you want to share on this platform, we're going to share with them. Can you give it to us, please? So use the email address lebo, L-E-B-O dot travel at gmail.com. And once you email, I will then send links of the two properties on Airbnb, depending on whether you want to be in Joburg or you want to be in Cape Town. You don't have a website, a level travel website yet? No, not yet. And not I realize yet. I need a level website for many, many things. But yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you need a Facebook a, a Facebook business page so that you yeah. can put these links. I have quite enjoyed on your personal profile, quite enjoyed seeing the apartment in Cape Town yeah. becoming. becoming see, that's why I said they must come to you for lessons. There's already a lesson for me here. And please watch out, guys, because on my social media, I am going to particularly be um, be posting about the apartment because I believe I'm probably the first guest. We are the first guest. We are the first guest in in the Cape Town property, so we are going to be we are going to be flighting that on the on the Instagram page at Dr Miranda underscore Prop Doc Mom because short term rental is just another strategy, one of the 15 that I know and one of the easily automated systems of investing yeah. in property, yeah. especially when you have got a big professional job where you can't be chasing tenants and chasing garbage and, and broken glasses. So Lebo, this has been such fun to record. It's particularly made special because you are a good friend and a very good example of someone who fits and buys properties and really progresses and you are not afraid to test this, test that. And thank you for trusting me with, with all our conversations on WhatsApp. Great. No, I'm, 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 I'm loving it. I'm on mm-hmm. to the third Airbnb. Uh, no way. Drops, I'll, let you, I'll let you know. Absolutely. So watch this space, guys. Um, Lebo is at lebo.travel at gmail.com. Lebo.travel at gmail.com. So we'll see, we'll see you soon, friend. So have a good time in Cape Town. You too. Okay. Thanks, Lebo. Good. Goodbye. Thank you for listening, Property Magicians. My name is Vangilia Makwakwa, and I am your host on the show. I help people heal their ancestral money stories so that they can fall in love with their bank accounts, become financially free, and live their best lives. So if you would love to increase your income, or you'd love to pay off your debts and increase your savings, contact me. You can contact me on the Wealthy Money website at wealthy-money.com. Again, wealthy-money.com. Or you can email me at vangile at wealthy-money.com. Again, vangile at wealthy-money.com. Find me on Facebook on the Wealthy Money group or on the Wealthy Money page or find me on Twitter and Instagram as vangile makwakwa. Now over to my co-host. Listening property magicians. My name is Vangile Makwakwa and I am your host on the show. I help 
people heal their ancestral money stories so that they can fall in love with their bank accounts become financially free and live their best lives so if you would love to increase your income or you'd love to pay off your debts and increase your savings contact me you can contact me on the wealthy money website at wealthy-money.com again wealthy-money.com or you can email me at vangile at wealthy-money.com again vangile at wealthy-money.com find me on facebook on the wealthy money group or on the wealthy money page or find me on twitter and instagram as vangile makwakwa now over to my co-host